Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built Ford Tough. I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you're used to. I look funny. But yo, I'm making we money. Some, we got some white dudes dancing over here today. Look at that. Where are you at Wednesday? It's a hump day. You made it halfway through the week. How you guys doing? Training Camp 2023 on the air. Thanks to Ting Internet. If you live in Centennial, make Ting your light speed internet provider for as low as $89 a month. Go to ting.com slash centennial for more info. Uh, we're here across the street from Denver Broncos Training Camp. Um, what day training camp is this today, Richie? Richie, God, Richie's is, joining us while Chad uh, parks. It's got to be like day. Are we counting like the three or four days they had before we yeah. were all here? It's yeah. got to be like ten. Le- yeah, yeah eleven or, 10 or 12. twelve. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the soreness. You know, when I look back at my time in training camp, the soreness will have peaked already, and you are now your body's getting acclimated to the banging. And so you're calloused. not yeah, calloused. Yeah, callous. The callous yes. that we hear so much about. When you hear about the callous, Richie, what do you think? Are you like these guys are full of it? It's not real. I, I, I think that I would imagine, you know, me as who is not a a player of any significance. You know, did you play high school football? I did play high school. Okay, football. so you know about the callous. Yeah, I just feel like my my understanding of the callus is not accurate. You know, for the the level and scope that we're talking about now. So I would bet that a lot of people underestimate. The, the banging, you know, and the beating that your body takes and the need to callous it up for that, I think a lot of people might just look at that and be like, oh, come on, you're football players, you know? What, and you should be ready? Sack to, up. Yeah, sack up. Well, when you were in high school, you probably had double days. Yeah, we did. We did. We did do that. Um, I I just don't think you can, yeah, I mean, from my perspective, you can't compare it because I think we, you go through the same motions, but, you know, playing high school football, you know, you get to college football and every player is the best player from their high school team. Then you get yeah. to the NFL and every player. So, like, you know, I would imagine taking pass rush, you know, reps against Nick Benito and, and Randy Gregory is not the same as, you know, the, the Parker, Colorado kids that I was yeah. going up against. Stevie and Benjamin. Exactly. Should, should from from my chemistry there. class. Yeah, every once in a while there are kids on your high school team who should not be playing football. Yeah. And then you get lined up against those kids from time to time. Like your scout team. Yeah, high school isn't like the scout team out here. Yeah, no, I, I would be, I, you know, and there is there is that faction of, of people that come in to NFL camps every year just to be like those camp bodies, right? Like they just kind of get invited and they're yes, fringe guys that, and like they, they guys, get paid stipends to just take beatings. But that being said, those guys have a chance to make the team. You know, like a ch- like a chance, like a or real a chance. chance. Like Taylor Grimes, for example, the very last yeah, guy on the depth chart walking point. into that's this field. He was literally the last guy in the depth chart. Wow! And now he's he's running with the ones. Yeah, this is Stoke and Zach are saying he's giving off Tim Patrick vibes. Just a guy that you know nobody knows about. You're like, Who, oh, who's that number thirteen? Or it's 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 consistency, man. It's like I heard the I heard the same promo. It's about, of course, you want to make the wild plays. You want to yeah. make those special. You feel plays, like you have to, but you also. Just have to be consistent. You have mm-hmm. to know where to line up. You have to not jump off sides. You have to have the depth of your route correctly. You know, you even when you don't get the ball, when you're on the opposite side, you run the right route. You you run the you know if if there's a rule on a play where I'm the outside receiver and there's an inside receiver who's trying to get to the sideline and I'm trying to turn the hips of the corner who's covering me so he doesn't see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
the coaching point is for me, I have to get an outside relief release no matter what. No matter what he gives me, I have to get outside of him. Some receivers will forget that. They step to the line of scrimmage, he gives them an easy inside release, they take it, the corner's eyes go inside, and they would blow up that play coming to them. So there are little things like, did I get my outside release on that ball? I knew I wasn't getting, but I, but I had to turn the corners back so that he didn't see the guy coming to that zone. So you would say, you, you think from, from the coach's perspective, because there's a lot going on in all these practices, and not so much like everything's all happening at the same time, but everything's really spread out. All the position groups are isolated. So you think, from your perspective and your experience, it's more valuable for these fringe guys to be able to just show they can do the little things, have the right hit move and have the right placement, than it would be to like catch a one-handed bomb and one-on-ones down the sideline against you know Damari Mathis. That play like is that. nice, but, but, but you know people forget it after one day. You know what I mean? And so you have to be consistent day in and day out, just like you are, Richie. Every day, <laughs> day in and day out. Day in and day out. Just call me Taylor Grimes. You don't do anything flashy. Every <laughs> once in a while you do, but you, but you keep it going every single day. We can count on you. Thank you, Richie. We were able to count on you as Chad Brown. What's happening? Parked his car and put a chapstick on his lips. Your lips are very shiny. It's a little Vaseline. Got a Freshly applied. Soft lips are important to me. <laughs> For what reason? Uh, because my wife likes soft lips. Okay. Um... How how are you doing, Chad? As you as you switch switch mics. Well, the uh, Cherry Creek lifestyle is awesome. Okay, no doubt about Tell that. Tell me more. Tell me more. Um, I moved to Cherry Creek about a year ago, and it's fantastic. But there is a parking situation down there that sometimes uh, is very difficult. Mm. So they are finishing a uh, house on my block, <laughs> and uh, the truck for the roofer. Locked me in. Uh-oh. And he was unloading. And he was like, let me just finish. And I was like, sure. Let me finish. I'll, I'll let you finish. Was it Cecil? <laughs> it was not Cecil, but it was very Cecil Lammy-esque. Let me finish. So, Did you confront the guy? Was there an angry discussion? Were you like, man, I got a radio show to get to? Don't you know I'm Chad Brown? No. You know what? Uh, I'm working on my, my patient's muscle. And he was just doing his job. He had no idea I was going to walk out the house and be in a hurry. So you're talking about Cherry Creek, the thing that it is a fantastic place to live. What do you love about it? What do you love about? Are you Creek? kidding me? No, I like Cherry Creek. I'm just I've never lived there. It's to to be in a neighborhood, but then literally be, ah, uh, you know, a 30 second walk away from great food, haircuts, you know, get your nails done, massage. Uh, have multiple you ever done all four in the same day? Uh, I have gotten my haircut. I've had some great food. I have not gotten the massage. What about the nails? Uh, yes, I have. Really? Oh, yeah. Fingernails. Oh, yeah. And oh. toes. Okay. Manny right. Petty, baby. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because I bite my nails. That's my Manny Petty. I don't bite my toenails, but I bite my fingernails, man, like a, like a real man does. After I got to the age of 50, I decided, you know what? Uh, I am not too good for a Manny Petty. So. Oh, so this didn't happen until the age of 50. Correct. <laughs> I did get one before my wedding for the pictures. But then, Who uh, is what? The pictures are they zooming in on your fingers? Don't you? Did you take a picture of like your hands together with yeah, her but, ring and your ring? But it's her hands that are supposed to be the nice manicured ones, not yours. Well, considering this picture is going to live on in infamy, shouldn't I not it. have my nails done for the picture? <laughs> Ramoslaw.com text line: Should Chad have gotten that pedicure for his wedding photos? 303-713-1043. Where are you guys at on where are you at Wednesday? I got someone saying Randy in traffic as usual on 225. Thanks for rocking with us, Randy, as we uh, begin our show here right across the street from Denver Broncos training camp. Hey, if you're out at camp, guys, stop by the DenverSports.com zone. Grab yourself a bottle of water. Thanks to our friends at Gravinas. 
All right, so we heard from Sean Payne a couple days ago. He said the starters are planning on playing, or he's planning on playing them, 15 to 20 plays. Well, is that going to change now because of some new news reported by Mike Kliss and others? We'll get into that next. Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built Ford Tough. Back to the Players Club, Sands Orlando. Sands Orlando. Orlando's going to be out there at practice today, and I believe he's filling in on the drive later with D-Mac. So he's got to have eyes on the field so he can tell D-Mac what he actually saw. Nice. Well, any, Which any, is what I did yesterday. Yeah, did you, did you have to tell D-Mac some of the things? Like, did you have to explain some of the things that he was seeing or contextualize some of the things that were going on for Darren? Or is Darren, has Darren been at it so long and is just so savvy and smart that he, he gets it? I will give D-Mac some credit. He can attend a training camp practice. He understands what a great practice looks like, how practice should look, how players should be performing for the most part. Uh, as we stood together for about half of the practice, I was certainly able to point out things to him that – you know, he didn't quite see or understand. We were watching one-on-one pass rush. And uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, who was up? Christopher Allen, I think the kid, the outside linebacker was up. And I was like, oh, this kid's got no shot. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, just watch the ref. And, of course, he had a Based terrible Based on his stance. His stance was terrible. He yeah. couldn't decide whether he wanted his right foot up, his mm. left foot up. Wow. Was he going to be in a two-point? Was he going to be in a three-point? Yep. He had no idea what his plan was supposed to be. And it showed, like, somebody who didn't have a plan. Right. Uh, ran down the middle of the offensive tackle, just swallowed him up, <laughs> stopped him within two I steps. I love you. Just want to hug. Yeah. So those kind of things I'm trying to coach D-Mac up on. But as far as team period, red zone, seven on seven, how they're supposed to look, what the progression should be, I will give our friend Darren McKee, who may not be a special teams guy, but he certainly can discuss and – diagnose a training camp practice offense and defense wicked smart that <laughs> there we go and he's watched a lot of football a lot of football practices so he's got to know what he's seeing to an extent uh, i asked you guys is chad out of bounds going to get Matty, manny and petty look man you got overwhelming support on the ramos i know i line. do absolutely real men aren't afraid of a healthy manny petty says someone from the 631 area code uh, i'm with you chad petties are the best <laughs> girls rubbing your feet while sitting in a massage chair is awesome. That's JB is CR. <laughs> Thanks, JB. Um, at, where else have we got? Hey, Nate, I had a Marine wedding and forgot to get a pedicure at my wife's request, so I thought I'd use my Spyderco knife to trim my cuticles. <laughs> During the photo session with hands and rings, the photographer handed me a towel because my fingers were all bloody. <laughs> Good, in, good initiative, bad judgment. There you go. I like the toughness, though. I like to see two in this. Right. I used an axe for mine. It was not very effective. Uh, just turned 50 two weeks ago and got my first petty and loved it. There you see. 50. So is this something you do when you turn? Is it because your stuff turns so nasty when you're 50? You're like, okay, I got to do something about this. No, I'm not, I'm not suffering from toe fungus. I mean, what's not? It, it's just a desire to. What's wrong with toe fungus, man? Uh, because it's a toe fungus. Yeah, but you, you can clear it up with some, uh, some, some stuff. Yeah, I'm good taking care of my feet, and I've got no shame about getting a mani-pedi every couple of months or so. I don't do it all the time. I'm not once a weeker, 
I do have my nail kit that I take with me. I can file and trim on my own. I uh, do occasionally still bite, much to uh, my disappointment, because it never comes out as clean as it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Then I just got to go grab my nail kit. Um, or turn to the wife and go, you know what? We should get a, a manicure, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you guys went and did it together? Sometimes. Couples. Yes. Were you holding hands while you did it? Uh, it's hard to, because you're getting both your hands done. That would be difficult, yes. right? <laughs> Have you ever done the couple's massage when you're in the same room? Do you prefer uh, that? I, I've done that on vacation, like at an NFL PA event or something like that. We'll hit the spa, do a, a couple massage. Do you think Russell and Sierra do couple oh, massages? Oh, there's no doubt Do you about think he's that. got a pedicure right now? Oh, I'm sure he How does. How does that play in the locker room during training camp when your toenails are just pristine and shiny? Oh, I've known a ton of NFL players who have taken care of their fingers and toes. But I bet you've known a ton of NFL players with disgusting toes. Oh, because there's, 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 some, some there's lots of them. Oh, yeah. Because the, the, the torque on your feet and yes. your toes and just like, there's some nasty toes out there. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about toenail fungus. There are some toenails that grow in like swirls that'll just like <laughs> wrap around the foot and are like all the colors of the rainbow i've seen the big toenail where it like curves over the front of the toe like yeah. a like a cap of some sort yeah, yeah. wow yeah. all right guys moving on yes <laughs> moving on so sean payton said that these guys are going to play these starters and we didn't see it last year obviously nathaniel hackett chose to pursue preseason differently uh, Sean Payne said we're going to do everything opposite, and preseason playing time is one of those things. But reporting, Mike Mike Kliss is reporting, ah, this is not ideal. The field situation, Chad, yes. in Arizona mm-hmm. is bad, okay? It was the same field that they played the Super Bowl in last year and that there was field issues, and apparently Marlon Mack yesterday was helped off the field after losing his footing, reaching for a short pass. They practice on the same field they play. So my question to you, Chad, is should Sean Payton be adjusting his plan based on the field conditions? Some of these things that come up in the preseason with field conditions, you know, this is not new. So uh, I'm not surprised that Arizona is struggling with the, in attempts to have an indoor practice and not be outside. Instead of using their facility, they're using the stadium field. Um, and when they roll that field out after practice to get some sun and some fresh air, it's still 110 degrees in Arizona. That is not ideal growing temps. So if I'm Sean Payton, I've literally, I've got to look very closely at my guys, uh, guys with lower leg injuries, guys with uh, foot, ankle, knee, something like that, where a ill-timed slip can have a significant impact on your availability going into week one or throughout the rest of the preseason. Yeah, we're having a discussion as a staff about this field and what do we want to do with some of our guys. Justin Simmons with a groin. I don't expect him to play anyway, but if he were on the bubble to play if i'm sean payton this makes my decision for me justin simmons could slip on this awful field and be out for extended time yeah no sit your butt down man we'll play somebody else yeah that's justin simmons and of course uh javante what about javante would you even put him out there and uh no i would not if the field's in question that's a variable that as a coach you have the opportunity to handle by sitting guys down who are at risk. And for guys like, again, like Javante, anybody with a lower leg injury, I've got to have some concerns about these field conditions. And then you got Garrett Bowles and Brandon Johnson both getting hurt yesterday yep. dealing with uh, lower body issues, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Jonas Griffin well. obviously tore an ACL last week, just stepping on someone's foot weird. Yeah. So you got to imagine there's going to be some, if there, if there is footing issues on the field, there are going to be some slipping. But at the same time, Chad, isn't that football? I mean, sometimes you remember high school, you'd go to a field and it was like the worst field you've ever stepped on. 
before, yeah. but you still went out there and played, and you've got through it without an injury. Are we are we admitting that these athletes are not adaptable enough to deal with um, inconsistent fields? That they have to be absolutely perfect and flat to avoid some sort of mishap injury? Can't we can't we go out there and just uh, treat it as football? We play on whatever surface they give us. <laughs> Why are you laughing? That's football, Chad. All right, because you can say what is around us at the DenverSports.com zone is grass of some sorts. You can say that. But no one would want to play on this. There's divots. There's potholes. And I've played on fields that were unplayable. I've played on the old turf at Veteran Stadium. I played at the old turf at Three Rivers Stadium where we shared the field with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the the turf that was – put in the place where the base pass would be was a different aged turf than the regular turf. So literally brand new turf versus old flattened out turf. It was inconsistent. It was bumpy. It was hard. It was not a safe surface. So for Sean Payton to look at the surface in Arizona and decide, you know, it's just not worth it to play these guys. I don't have any issue with that. Yes. Should you as a football team, as a football player, have a mentality? I don't care who we play. I don't care where we play. Yeah. I don't care what time yeah, it is, coach. what the weather is. Yeah. Of course, that should be your mentality. This is a professional football team with a salary cap, with uh, roster constraints. And we can't just go grab somebody without, ramif- without ramifications affecting those other things. Let's take the high road and be smart here. You know, it feels very new school football to me, but I'm okay with this one. All right, if that's the case, and what you say is true, what you've been preaching is true, as Sean Payton, we're trying to get eyes on everybody here. Everybody's the same right now. We're, there, we're trying to figure out who our 53 are. We're, we're treating them all equally. At that point, if they walk up and see the condition of the field is unacceptable to play a football game, should he say, we're not playing. Let's go. Listen, back on the bus. I, I, relative to the safety of the players, we're out. There have been uh, coaches who have had discussions about playing in preseason games in field conditions. This is not the first time this has happened. Uh, I'm trying to do a quick Google search if I can find some detail of this, but I know this has happened before where fields were so poor that both coaches were in discussions about playing the game. Look, Sean Payton is the type of coach who would make a decision like that, you know, who's not afraid to trust his compass, his opinion in these matters, and not do it just because it's the way it's been done. Obviously, he's a renegade, and he's used to uh, – He's used to doing things his way. So um, 2016, the yeah. Hall of Fame game canceled due to poor field conditions. Right. Yes. But that was a field turf, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, like, just, like, grass that comes up easily? Like, I don't know, man. Uh, but um, that's, a, that's a decision to be made. So, I guess, how bad is it? Let's go out there early and check it out and make the right decision for our team. But you got you to gotta think it would be weird being like, hey, man, this field is really awful. We're worried some of you guys are going to get hurt. So, Chad, you're not going to play. You're not going to play. You're not going to play. The rest of you guys, go out there. We're willing to risk you. Yeah. Yes. Because this whole team is under scrutiny right now. They're trying to figure out who they have with everybody. So, interesting to see how that will play out. But the field conditions in Arizona for Friday, likely not great. Uh, We're here live from Training Camp 2023 in the DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Con Construction a commercial general contractor specializing in tenant improvement and design build projects for over three decades. That's con, K-A-H-N, construction.com. Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built Ford Tough. 
We're here live from Training Camp 2023. DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Randy Ross Tennis Center right behind us. Met the man himself, Randy Ross. Came over yesterday and said hello to the show. Very nice gentleman. Brought his wife, who's a fan of the show and listens every day. So thanks for coming out, guys. And we really appreciate the hospitality. Right now, we welcome in our nine news Broncos insider on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline, Mike Kliss. Mike, thanks for joining us. I just want to start right off with uh, the the tweet you sent uh, about the turf in Arizona. I know Sean Payton had planned to play these starters, 15 to 17 plays or something like that. Do you think that's still the plan considering the state of the turf in Arizona? Um, we'll find out. I, I, do, I do not know the answer to that question, but it's... Uh, it would have to be a concern. Uh, maybe it's, uh, I think he's, my guess is he's still going to play him. Maybe not, uh, you know, if they score a touchdown on the first drive, maybe that's it. You know, uh, get out of there. But, uh, you know, that is a concern, especially with the, uh, you know, the injuries that are starting to mount a little bit on the Broncos. Mike, uh, I, I, I'm going to ask you to put your, your Sean Payton hat on. I know just Nate just kind of asked you to do that as well. But with Mike McGlinchey going down in practice yesterday, with Garrett Bowles missing time, it seems as if the starting tackles, at least for this Friday's game, will most likely be the backups. If you are Sean Payton, asking to put your Sean Payton hat on, are you going to risk Russell Wilson with the field condition possibility and the possibility of both his offensive tackles not playing or starting offensive tackles not playing in this game on Friday? Yeah, Bowles is, uh, you know, McGlinchey will definitely not play because, um, you know, the knee sprain. Bowles is uh, just doing the uh, work workload management thing coming back from an injury last year. And so, uh, you know, I would anticipate he would play. Maybe he'll wait till week two. But, yeah, all indications are that Russell's going to play. I mean, they still have – I mean, Cam Fleming's no slouch. He'll he'll be at one backup. And Isaiah Prince, who was out there yesterday in place of uh, McGlinchey, uh, he's got five years. This is his fifth year in the league. So those guys know what they're doing. Um, it might be that, uh, you know, there's a lot of running and, and play action on third down. But, uh, you know, Sean Payton believes in the way to, uh, the way to get better, the way to uh, get better at football is to play and play in the preseason. I mean, it's a practice game. Take advantage of the practice game. Uh, I do think, uh, you know, as many guys, many starters can play, will be. Because during the season, Isaiah Prince and, and Cam Fleming may be your tackles. So, and you got to play them. So I, I, I do think, uh, you know, I think they'll go at it and uh, kind of monitor it. I'm sure it'll be smart about things. But, uh, and some people, hey, look, Nathaniel Hackett and Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur don't think it's smart to play the starters in the preseason. Uh, Sean Payton comes from a different school, you know, a school similar to that of Andy Reid. Andy Reid played played Patrick Mahomes in at least two preseason games last year and, uh, and, and the starters. And some coaches are like that. And, you know, and it's, it's the trend is to go get away from that. But Sean Payton's a little more old school than the other coaches. 
Mike, there's a kicking competition going on right now, but there is not a punting competition. Riley Dixon, the only punter out there, and has drawn some praise uh, from Kotwicka, who's the special teams coordinator, and he's been around a long time. And I believe he was quoted as saying, he, Riley Dixon's had some punts in camps, among the best punts I've ever seen in my life. In addition to that, Sean Payton had some praise for Riley Dixon's athleticism, a former quarterback, a guy who can throw, that gives you all sorts of options. Um on the punt team is uh, relative to fakes. So tell us a little bit about this punter and this special teams unit um, and how Riley Dixon makes it better. Yeah, he was kind of a call hero at Syracuse a few years back. The Broncos drafted him. Um, geez, I can't, uh, I, I think it was uh, Joe D. Camillus was the uh, special teams coordinator then. I think they drafted him in 2016. Uh, sixth or seventh round out of Syracuse, and Syracuse had a real bad team. So Riley Dixon was was kind of the star of the team, and he also could throw. <laughs> and and I think a big factor in uh, Westoff, Mike Westoff has a lot of say on special teams. And Westoff, that's who I meant. My bad. Likes to have the um, Westoff likes to have the threat of the pass, the threat of the fake, right. Um, in reading his book, and the reason is because, uh, you know, it can help uh, stifle the punt rush a little bit. So that's a big reason why Riley Dixon is here. As a punter, yeah, he did have some uh, – he had one punt yesterday that had incredible hang time. I mean, that ball was up there, and it was fairly deep too. Um, you know, uh, I, I've seen, you know, that a lot of these punters now, they do the uh, point drop punt where they where they punt it off their uh, the point of the football mm, yeah. and that's usually around midfield that they do that um i thought sam martin the broncos punter from a couple of years ago uh was one of the best at that but uh, riley definitely has the leg strength and the athleticism that they look for in a punter he just um he could always you know he could stand to be a little more consistent you know the broncos He's back for a second trip here. I think this is his fourth team. He's good. Um, I, I think with Riley, um, he's kind of uh, hurt by expectations. They expect him to be the best, number one in the league every year. He hasn't been that. When he, but he can. When he gets on a roll, he's as, he is as good as anyone. He just uh, you know continues to work at doing it week in and week out. Mike, uh, the edge group going into training camp was – a group that brought a lot of people concern, maybe some of the depth, some of the injuries at that group. Uh, when I watched practice yesterday, it looked as if uh, Randy Gregory was solidified into one spot, but the spot on the opposite side, it looked like Jonathan Cooper may have been the first and second down guy, and then Nick Benito was coming in for the pass rush situations. Am I reading a little bit too much in that? Is, too, is it too early to draw some conclusions on how the rotation of that group is going to go? Yeah, that's the way it's been in training camp. Now, during the season, um, it's going to be Gregory and Frank Clark. Gregory on the left and Clark on the right. It's um, Gregory and Clark seem to be on their own program. I mean, they don't they don't practice much on 11-on-11 team drills. Uh, both have been around. Um, you know, I think there's there, there are two guys where maybe the injury factor comes in. Um, you know, just as far as preserving them. So it's we haven't got the real look of the pass rush on the edge because Gregory and Clark haven't practiced much 
at least 11 on 11. And then after that, it has been Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito as the first guys in. Uh, you got Baron Browning um, um, coming in uh, at some point this season. I think um, he should be good to go about midseason. And, yeah, Vance Joseph was saying that that's as uh, good a group one through six as he's uh, said, seen in a while. And, of course, here in Broncos country, it's uh, that edge rush is in a state of transition. You know, it's not Vaughn Miller or Bradley Chubb anymore, and 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 they weren't together too much during their time here. I think only one year, 2019, they were together. And injuries took care of the rest. So, um, you know, that, that edge rush is so important. It's why they pay, if not overpay, guys um, to play that position and, and overdraft guys to play that position. You're always looking for a five-man rotation, at least a four-man rotation on game day. So... Um, We'll see how they do. I had more question marks on them. Gregory injuries, uh, Browning injuries, um, Clark. Uh, you've got uh, some age concerns there. Benito, uh, still young. So, um, you know, uh, I, I think each each edge rusher has a question mark. But collectively, Vance Joseph, who is a good um, pass rush defensive coordinator, he is aggressive. Uh, he's excited about it, so I'll defer to him. Real quick, Mike, because we're up against it, but much has been made about the quarterback rotation, 4-4-4, four, 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 yeah, sharing the load equally on a 12-play period. We had Jake Plummer on here yesterday, and he said if he was the starting quarterback, he'd be lobbying for more. He wants more reps, especially after a dud of a year last year. Um, we know Russell Wilson is going to be the starting quarterback, but what about these other two guys? Are they actually fighting it out for number two, or is it all set in stone right now? Jarrett Stidham's the backup, and Ben DiNucci's the number three. I mean, I think it's set in stone, Stidham number two and, and Danucci number three. But Danucci, the, the, the question with Danucci is, does he make the roster as the number three? Because they do have that uh, emergency deal this year where if a quarterback is on the 53 and both your quarterbacks get hurt in the game, that number three quarterback can come in the game. Now, teams in the past have not wanted to put three quarterbacks on their 53. But maybe with that emergency rule this year, you know, you'd rather have Danucci come off the bench than, uh, you know, say do the uh, uh, Wildcat with uh, P. Ryan or, or, or Javante, something like that, which is what the Broncos really did with Philip Lindsay a few years ago. Um, so, you know, I, I think Danucci, I also think Sean Payton likes Danucci. He's, he's good. I mean, there there are there have been multiple days, not every day, but multiple days, where Ben DiNucci has had the best day at quarterback among the three, wow. including Wilson, you know, and and Stidham. So, I don't think it's a competition two versus three. You know, they they paid five million guaranteed to Stidham. Yeah, but um, DiNucci is uh, he's pretty good for number three. He he. It, uh, you know, maybe it's because he's going against the number three defense, but he looks as good as any of them. And you look as good as any of them, too, Mike. We appreciate you joining us, buddy. Thank you. See you guys. 
Thanks, right. Mike. There he goes, Mike Kliss, 9 News Broncos insider on the Johnson Auto Plaza Highline. We thank him for joining us. Uh, training camp practice set to start in about 20 minutes here, and our broadcast from Training Camp 2023 is powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built for tough. All right, Chad, you were out at practice yesterday. I sure was. And as the players on the Players Club who broadcast at the same time as practice, we don't get a ton of eyes on that practice, but you had yours on it. 15 training camps deep of experience. You're going to tell us what you saw out there next. Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023. Thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice. The Players Club. Powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning. All electric and built Ford Tough. Yeah, Chad, you've been singing more lately, man. What's going? What's gotten into you, man? Feeling good, man. Yeah. What is it? What is it? You're you're coming out of your shell. You're like an agoraphobic turtle <laughs> coming out of his shell. I was going to write a children's book about an agoraphobic turtle called "Coming Out of My Shell." <laughs> Uh, it's getting close to football season, man. I've got okay. to be able to uh, be funny and witty and uh, look at me. I could loquacious on various uh, football platforms this fall. Do you have any jokes lined up in the holster? Uh, I got to look at my. my I almost said, "Do you have any jokes lined up in the keister?" But that's not the right word. <laughs> right. In the holster. <laughs> I need a couple of uh, dad joke esque football jokes for the football season. So well, hey, okay, help me out. great. This is a great thing for the RamosLaw.com text line. If you got dad football jokes that Chad could use in his broadcast, please, because he's trying to be relatable. Yes. Not be so weird all the time. 303-713-1043. Who's like the uh, – how, how many different uh, play-by-play dudes have you worked with? Oh, my goodness. Uh, at this point – And who's like the loosest dude to get you going, like cracks jokes? And all stuff? right. So my guy, uh, Greg Daniels, who I'll be working most of my radio schedule with this year. We're doing a lot of college football games. <clears throat> Greg is the host of a Michigan morning show. Mm. So Greg's got lots of jokes constantly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Tons of double entendres. Double, it's just it's morning show humor kind of shoehorned into a football broadcast. Well, the best dad jokes are ones that happen in conversation and not one that you're like, hey, what did the chick, why did the chicken cross the, you know. Right. You, 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 it's got to tie into. It's got to tie into what right. they're talking about, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so maybe we can help Chad tie in a dad joke to some football situational stuff. If you guys can help him out, 303-713-1043. Also, the the manicure and pedicure talk. Um, does that make you feel more confident going into broadcasting stuff when you're when you're like? <laughs> I mean, because you got to talk with your hands and stuff, like at the very beginning, right? They have uh, the camera on you. But when it's radio, not so much. But when it is TV, uh, I may try to step up my Manny Petty game. But certainly, you want to feel suited and booted. You want your outfit to speak volumes about you. Not that you're sloppy. Not that you're wearing someone else's shirt that is too small. It's too big. No, you want to. When that camera turns on and you're standing shoulder to shoulder, which is an odd way to stand next to another grown man. <laughs> right. And then literally turn and look into yeah. his eyes from about eight, eight inches apart right. and go, well, Nate, right. talking about this Tigers defense, it's right. a really odd thing to be able to do that, not be in your own head. If you're going to be in that situation, you want to feel as confident in your outfit as possible. Do they give you style tips or do they just let you dress yourself and if you screwed up, they're like, eh, maybe not that tie. 
I'd imagine if I was Joel Klatt and it was Fox, I'm mm. sure there is a stylist old truth to that. I agree, actually. Yes. <laughs> I got a lot of black friends. I've never seen them bite their fingernails. I'm not sure. And, and Richie's literally biting his fingernails right now, and he's very white. <laughs> Man, some stereotypes are stereotypes because they're true. Hi, sir. Awesome, Thank man. Thank you. Fan of the show coming by. Oh, he's a, he's a, he's practice. a practice. Orlando's a practice. Yeah. Thanks, Thank man. You. Shout out to Orlando Franklin, too. I'm sure you're rolling up. You got a fan just came by. Want to say hi. All right, Chad. Yes. You were out there at practice yesterday. I was. Now, much has been made about Russell Wilson's struggles mm-hmm. early in camp. And we've had to trust what we've been told and we haven't been able to see a lot. That was only your second practice, right? Correct. Attending. What did you see out of Russell uh, in week two of camp that you can report to us? Well, i got to go back to the last time I saw a practice. And after that, that's where that conversation was really picking up steam that Russ doesn't have it. Russ is not getting the offense. He's thrown interceptions a couple of days in a row. Justin Simmons is Russell Wilson's daddy because it's three days in a row where he's picked him off. It was all of that conversation surrounding my last practice. I don't know, man. Justin Simmons, man. <laughs> he's out there? He's I killing know, it. man. He's killing it. He's having a really good camp. So going into this practice, I was paying attention to Russell Wilson and to see where he was. And I have to say, he his grasp of the offense seemed to be better. Mm. His comfort seemed to be better. Um, there was still some things that I would have liked to have seen cleaned up, but those could be explained maybe with some context. There were a couple times where he bypassed the open receiver on a shorter route. For the big shot. Trying to make a play deeper down the field. Or like when a guy was clearly covered, mm. where he had a, an easy five to seven yards in front of him, but was going for the 12 to 15. You got to believe, Chad. Uh, you do have to you believe. You got to believe, But man. you, But you got to take believe what it, your eyes it, see. <laughs> if the dude is wide open, take that dude. It wasn't like the wide open guy was his fifth progression on the opposite side of the field. It was a case where they were stacked routes, where they're running different levels, but running to the same side of the field. So you, in order to see that second guy who was covered, where you tried to force the ball into, you had to see the first guy who was uncovered at five to seven yards. Yeah. So there was a couple instances where that showed up yesterday where I was like, okay, is, is this a situation where he's trying to practice fitting the ball into a tight window, or is he just making a poor decision? That's um, a poor decision, I'll tell you that right now, because in practice, you're, that first read is the guy that's open right there. Right. I've been that guy. Uh-huh. It sucks not to get the ball when you're that guy, especially when it's incomplete. You know, when you when you try to force it in somewhere, it's a bad throw. I mean, you saw K.J. Hamler's frustration last year when he was right. that guy, the open guy. Um and Tom Brady made a career out of hitting that guy. Right. Peyton Manning hit a, made a career out of hitting that guy, and Drew Brees did too. And the good thing about hitting that guy as opposed to the guy in traffic is that guy's going to have some room to operate when he catches the ball. Yes. And he's a world-class athlete. He can make some dudes miss. If you catch it in traffic, likely is likely story is you're going to catch it and get tackled right there. There's a reason why the 49ers have led the league in yards after catch, I think, the last three seasons. Mm. Because they have a, a quick, short passing game. And whoever's been under center for them understands, let me get the ball into Debo Samuel's hands with yeah. some momentum. Then he can make it happen after that, rather than force it into some tight window down the field that where the catch is not only going to be contested, but he's likely not going to get any yards after catch. So uh, whether it's, again, you know, I, I don't know the context of what Russ was told. But if we're going to go off the wide receiver thoughts of you got to throw to the open guy every single time, there were too many instances of that yesterday for me to say, oh, Russ has got this whole thing figured out. 
Was it better? No doubt about that. Tremendously better. But it was not perfect by any means. And look, that's what practice is for. Going through those moments. It works or it doesn't. You go back in, you watch the film, you, te- you, you coach it up, and you teach these guys. And, and sometimes it's hard to coach someone's personality out of them. And Russell's personality on the football field is to take chances, is to believe that the big shot's going to be there, right? And for, to some extent, you got to figure out which of your guys can handle those moments. If, if he is covered and you do throw a bad ball, is this guy, is Jerry Judy going to make it the catch no matter what? Mm-hmm. Is Cordell Sutton going to do it no matter what? This is the time to do that. But at the same time, it's also the time to, to make the easy plays because you build on those. You create confidence. You create the connection, the repetition with making the easy throw and then letting this guy move with it. Um, all right. I, we got some we got some Ramoslaw.com text line suggestions for you. Oh, okay. Get my pen out. I'm ready. What kind of tea do football players drink? I don't know. Penalty. Ah. (laughs) Holding. Oh, okay. All right. Don't take it. Uh, Okay, this one is not football related. Uh, This one is, okay, why was the tiny ghost asked to join the football team? I don't know. This is funny. They needed a little team spirit. It is funny. They needed a little team spirit. Tiny ghost. Tiny ghost, we need you. All right, guys, thanks for rocking with us here on the Players Club. We're here live from Training Camp 2023 in the com zone. Thanks to our friends from Con Construction, a commercial general contractor specializing in tenant improvement and design build projects for over three decades. That's Con, K-A-H-N, construction.com. All right, this defense has looked good. And who gets the credit for that? Well, Vance Joseph, in a lot of ways, he was back at the podium yesterday. He had some really, really interesting things to say, some stuff that made me really happy as a former player. We'll get into that next.